Missouri basketball secures its highest rated commitment since the Michael Porter Jr. class. Missouri football releases its injury report. And also, what should we expect from Southeast Missouri State tomorrow? All this and more coming up next on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And to be perfectly honest, this has been mostly a football-centric show lately for obvious reasons, but today seems like a great day to lead off on the hardwood. So you know what? We're going to start off with Aiden Shaw and his commitment to the University of Missouri. The man, the young man is 100% committed, as he said on social media. Just quickly, though, I do want to remind you there is only one place to get all the info you need on the Southeastern Conference five days a week. And where's that? You guessed it. It's with Locked On SEC with my friend Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Guy just gets a lot of amazing guests on that show, including yours truly on occasion. So check it out, Locked On SEC. Find it wherever you get your podcasts for free. But I tell you, Aiden Shaw, Missouri, obviously, as you probably know by now, but if you don't, let me explain to you about Aiden Shaw. He's a about the 50-some-odd ranked recruit in the country, according to Rivals.com, for instance. Just to give you, again, some context, that's the highest-rated guy, according to Rivals, that Missouri has signed since Michael Porter Jr., Jonte Porter, Jeremiah Tillman, Blake Harris, that whole class. Aiden Shaw, a four-star forward from Blue Valley High School in Overland Park. Again, He's 6'7", 185. I think he's, as I've said before, as I said yesterday, I believe, I think he really fits a serious, serious need for the Tigers. They've been searching for kind of the right guy in that combo forward position. Somebody who can obviously stretch the floor offensively, create space and, and score himself, but also on the defensive end, live up to what Conzo Martin's expectations are on that end of the court. And you know what? I went back and watched Aiden Shaw play for his high school against Bishop Mage, and guess what? Another really, really highly ranked prospect in Mark Mitchell, a guy who Missouri is after, Kansas is after, a guy who's the 11th best prospect in the nation. So this was a fun game to watch on a couple different levels. But what really immediately stood out to me defensively, Aiden Shaw is a Conzo Martin kind of player. He's going to be a menace defensively with his length, with his athleticism. He's a smooth six foot seven, one eighty five. And by the way, as a guy who was six foot seven, one eighty five in his life, he looks a little bit heavier than one eighty five to me. And I'm saying that in a good way. He looks thick. I think he looks very strong. He doesn't look as thin as, say, I don't know, Lawrence Bowers did when he first stepped on to campus for the Tigers. Obviously, Lawrence ended up being an absolutely fantastic player for Missouri, 
But 185 seems a little bit light to me. He doesn't look that that. Maybe it's just because of how Aiden Shaw plays. Maybe that's why I'm getting fooled by his actual weight. Because around the rim, he's not afraid to attack the basket. He's not afraid of contact. And he's definitely not afraid to block shots. Again, I think he's going to be a real problem defensively immediately. But on the other end of the court, he also showed the ability to catch and shoot from three-point range on both wings. And I thought that's really encouraging because, number one, he's not going to be, especially as a freshman, it's not like he needs to be taking guys off the dribble and shooting three-pointers or anything like that. But if he's able to step outside, create space, and make the defense pay when they sag off of him, well, that's all you can really ask for from a guy who looks like he has some really, really high defensive upside. I mentioned... Lawrence Bowers before defensively kind of reminds me of Keith Ramsey a little bit a guy about the same size really really athletic rangy player smooth athlete but clearly Aiden Shaw has a lot higher upside offensively than Keith Ramsey did that's for sure a couple times I, I was really impressed by just how quickly inside he got off the floor and dunked the ball with authority and it almost it makes me think that Shaw could possibly play some small ball five at times. Perhaps Yaya Keita Keita starts at, at the five this year as a freshman. Maybe next year he could spell him at times against the right lineups. Now obviously there's going to be some true centers, guys with serious size. You know, thank Jeremiah Tillman, obviously, but for the opposition. Those guys exist still, but I'm just saying against certain lineups, I think Aiden Shaw could be a real problem on both ends of the court, even at the center position. But I think clearly he's a four-man. That's his natural position. I think he's got the kind of body he can grow into, and I'm just really impressed with this addition to the Tiger basketball team. I think he fits anybody's team, but especially Conzo Martin's team, the way he wants to play basketball. We've talked a lot about positionless basketball. The program has. Well, he's the type of player that can make that happen. The type of guy who there's a screen and roll. He can switch, it seems like, get out and certainly sag off on the point guard maybe a little bit. At the very least, come in and bother that shot at the end. Again, love his defensive upside and just his upside as a player in general. A really nice get for the Tigers. And really, if it's just if it's just Shaw and Christian Jones, the guard they got in the previous class, I like that two-man class. Jones, another lengthy player, but a, a guy with nice point guard skills that are advanced beyond his years. Both guys seem like they have good attitudes on the court. And again, guys who like to play defense. Conzo Martin will like that and will play those guys early. I'm betting you. But you know what else I'm betting on? It's our friends over at Built Bar, who have indeed created the best-tasting protein bar ever devised by any sort of sentient being, much less human beings. And did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's bound to be something for everyone. Do you like coconut? How about 
cherries, raspberries. Maybe you're just a double chocolate fan. Let's just double down on the chocolate. Well, guess what? They have all of these options and more at Built Bar. So check it out today and just know that all of these varieties are high in protein, low in sugar, low in carbs, low in calories. Yeah, that's what we want to hear, right? So go to Built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And just quickly before we move on to football, of course, I do just want to mention that Mark Mitchell was certainly as advertised in the game that I watched. Again, a guy who Missouri is after in the Final Four, but most people are assuming actually that even though Missouri is in Mark Mitchell's Final Four along with UCLA, Duke, and Kansas, that actually probably Duke and UCLA are the favorites. It seems like Mark wants to maybe get out of the sort of greater Kansas City, Topeka area, I suppose. Maybe get out of the Midwest and go somewhere else. Can't totally blame the young man there, but I'll promise you if there's still an outside chance that Missouri gets him, that would be a tremendous ad. He definitely lived up to the hype from what I've seen. A guy who's ranked as, I believe, the 11th overall player in the country by Rivals.com. Really polished offensively, about the same size as Aiden Shaw, maybe six foot eight on the skinnier side, but just some advanced Euro step type moves, incredible balance for a guy his size, just really impressive stuff for somebody his age and again at, at his height. But so obviously Missouri would take Mark, Mark Mitchell in a second, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just kept two guys, just Shaw and Christian Jones. But you know what? With all that being said about basketball, we got to move to the gridiron, of course. And by the way, one thing I failed to mention yesterday is that it does look like Luther Burden, the East St. Louis wide receiver, going to decide on October 20th what his final college decision is. Missouri very, very much in the hunt, If you, as you know if you've listened to this podcast. But most importantly, we got the injury report released for the Southeast Missouri State game. Notably, Sean Robinson and Mookie Cooper were not listed on the injury report, so that's a really positive sign. Jay Macklin practiced this week for the first time since breaking his forearm in camp. Well, he's listed as out this week, still not quite ready to come back. On the questionable side, only two guys listed, Case Cook and Ennis Rakestraw. Now, I I addressed the Rakestraw thing a little bit, saying that I'm pretty sure his season wasn't over, as it may have looked like for a second when he was lying face down, grabbing the back of his knee at Kroger Field. But the fact that Rakestraw pops up as questionable here, obviously there's something still nagging him. Wouldn't be a big surprise to me to see him sit out this ball game. If he's questionable, if he hasn't been at practice, which to my knowledge, I don't think he's practiced so far this week, I would look for a Caleb Evans to start in Rakestraw's place, and maybe we'll see uh, some more reps from the aforementioned in the previous week, Allie Green, the other transfer from Tulsa. It would be nice to see what he can do along with his former and current teammate, a Caleb Evans. Now, as far as what I'm actually expecting from the Southeast Missouri State football game, quite honestly, as much as 
Eli Drinkwitz did a phenomenal job of coach speak, of convincing his football players that this could be a ball game. I just don't see it. From my experience, if you're a FCS football team that is not in the top 25 and not even getting votes in that top 25 poll, yeah, you can expect pain from an from a real major Power 5 team like Missouri. I mean, I'm telling you, if Josh Heupel was still here, 70, 70, 77 to nothing like we had against Delaware State a few years ago, that would truly be in play. There's no chance in my mind whatsoever that Southeast Missouri State makes this a game. And if they do, if I'm wrong here, well, we got to start reevaluating everything. And, that, and that's not an overreaction. So basically, again, what we want to see is simply – some different guys who haven't gotten reps actually get some real reps in a real game. And obviously we want to see domination on both sides of the ball. Simply put. Now, by the way, there's one thing that's stuck in my craw a little bit from the Kentucky game. And it's the chance looper pass. Remember when he threw the wide receiver screen pass down the field? Well, here's the deal. That should have been pass interference, but because Chance Looper is not a quarterback, he didn't get the benefit of the doubt. And if that sounds conspiratorial, well, let me tell you something. Again, I, I pointed out that I was six foot seven earlier. Well, I know what it's like to be the center and be the big guy. And let me tell you something, folks. In basketball, the little guy, the shorter man, always gets the benefit of the doubt. And for whatever reason, it seems like if you're a non-quarterback, well, you're not getting the benefit of the doubt on any sort of pass interference play. If that thing is open, you better hit them wide open and clean because, hey, we don't like to bail out trick plays. That's what it seems like officials are telling us. And, of course, since it's a Friday, you know what it is. It's time for Project Run Play, where I talk about Missouri's uniform reveal. But first, I do have to hit one more of our fine sponsors. And you know that Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football this season. Well, I bet you didn't know they have a new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests. So head to head to Bet Online right now to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On. That's how you get your 100% welcome bonus. So from football to basketball, boxing, even your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Again, don't forget to use that promo code Locked On at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And now it's time for Missouri, nay, the world's favorite segment. It's Project Run Play. And you know what? I have to be honest. I must be getting old because with this uniform reveal, I started saying, now what the heck? Is Missouri really just going to wear alternate uniforms every single week of the season? Can we actually get our regular black and black and gold combo going. And of course, I mean black helmet, black jersey, gold pants. The classic Missouri look. 
But you know what? On second glance, I have to admit, this gold helmet combo they have this week, it's pretty darn sharp if I'm looking at it objectively. But here's where I'm not so objective. I really like what I saw from the basic, again, black helmet, black jersey, gold pants that was revealed in the preseason. Can I see that combination in action? Can I see what looks like a very classic Missouri look in a lot of ways that's sort of updated for 2021? But that's what I liked about this new look. So to me, can we see it one time? we're, We're three games in. You know, we're going to Boston College next week. We're certainly not going to wear black on the road. So I don't know. Hopefully we'll get this this look sooner rather than later. But I have to admit the white stripe on top of the black helmet or excuse me, the white stripe on top of the gold helmet, something a little bit different like than say, oh, hey, let me reach back for a second. Hold on, all you people in podcast land. I just forgot I have helmets behind me. So this is a bonus for all of you here on YouTube. See, this this helmet, for instance, no white on the top, just a little bit of a different touch. I actually like it. It matches with the new uniforms that have more of a the white trimming to it than, say, anthracite. Another big plus of the new uniforms, no anthracite. So with all that out of the way, enough uniform talk. And finally, just to close it out here, some bigger college football news, some more granular college news, if you will. Officials, according this is according to Ross Dellinger, officials are set to pass a one-year waiver next month to immediately expand the 25-man football signing limit. Now, what happens here is coaches can now replace up to seven players that they would potentially be lost in the transfer portal. So in other words, for years and years now, you could sign up to 25 guys per recruiting class. But lately, with so many different guys entering the transfer portal each season, and with that trend showing no signs of slowing down whatsoever, well, teams are getting a little bit light in terms of actual scholarship players at times. So you can sign up to as many as now 32 players if, in fact, you lose seven or more guys. Now, if you lose 15 or 20 guys to the transfer portal in one season, for instance, well, you're screwed. Sorry, it's only up to seven guys. What's interesting is, I think on on, on the surface, this makes a lot of sense You wonder what this actually does for competitive balance, though, because it sure seems like a lot of guys who are, take Henry To'oto'o, who is a former linebacker for Tennessee. In fact, former, I mean, he was at Tennessee last season. He was their best player. Well, now he goes to one of Tennessee's arch rivals, Alabama, who happens to be on the greatest role in college football history just strengthens that team even more, doesn't have to sit out for a season. You know, I just wonder if adding seven more slots here, who does this add, who does this actually benefit more? Now, on one hand, I'm glad that it benefits the guys who maybe there's more scholarships available for football players that I'm not against whatsoever, but I do find it a little bit worrisome that, Hey, aren't most of the highest eligible, highest star guys 
the most productive players in college football at maybe smaller middling schools, even if they're middling SEC schools, well, now they're just going to have yet another avenue to transfer to a bigger opportunity. I'm not sure that's what college football is all about. At a certain point, I understand that players need freedom, but oh gosh, the competitive balance the last few years has really is really out of whack. And at a certain point, we got to look at that stuff. Like, I don't know, maybe if you win your conference championship, maybe you only get to add four extra guys instead of seven. I don't know. Just just a thought, something that certainly needs to be considered, though, because it can't just all be a complete free-for-all or else, I don't know, I think the top five or ten teams that have been winning for the last few years are just going to keep on doing so. But you know what? If you would like to keep winning on your wagering, well, I would definitely recommend you check out Locked on Bets with Lee Sterling and your boy Q. Really one of the best shows on this whole network. I happen to be a subscriber, so it's got to be good. That's all I really need to say. So again, check out Locked on Bets for free wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.